Hello and welcome to Complete Caribbean, a Travel Pulse podcast all about the world's favorite warm weather destination, the Caribbean. I'm writer, editor, and Caribbean travel expert, Jet Set Sarah. And I'm Brian Major, managing editor here at Travel Pulse. We're happy to have you join us today as we discuss the ins and the outs of Caribbean travel and we share the latest info and intelligence on this wonderfully diverse region. Let's get started. Well, hello, everybody. We have a jam-packed episode as usual, so I'm not going to tarry. I'm going to get straight to the point. And I'll give you two guesses what we're going to start with. Yes, we're going to start with more changes to COVID-related entry protocols in Caribbean countries. The first one, as of early this month, visitors to Puerto Rico who are vaccinated and five years and older are no longer required to present results of a COVID test to enter the country. And by the way, according to tourism officials, more than 85% of the Isle of Enchantment's population is vaccinated. So way to go, uh, Puerto Rico. Woohoo! Yeah. <laughs> also, if you're heading to Belize, you'll be happy to know that the health insurance visitors are required to have to enter the country is now available for purchase online. Go to BelizeTravelInsurance.com and for $18 per person, you'll get coverage for up to $50,000 US in medical expenses related to treatment of COVID-19 for up to 21 days. And just to note, the policy also includes hotel quarantine expenses of up to $300 a day and maxes out at $3,000. So not a bad deal for $18. Not bad. Right. Uh, meanwhile, over on the Happy Island, Aruba is joining St. Martin by changing its entry protocols so that boosted visitors no longer have to do COVID tests before arrival. You simply upload proof of your proof of your vaccination and booster when you apply for the mandatory travel authorization at edcardaruba.aw. Bermuda has also streamlined its entry requirements. You'll need to show proof of vaccination and a negative COVID PCR or antigen test result within 48 hours of arrival. But visitors are no longer subject to the mandatory testing during their stay. For more information, you can go straight to Bermuda's website, and that is gov.bm slash coronavirus. So as usual, we've got tons of changing protocols as a situation with COVID changes, as we get new variants and boosters and all that stuff. All the protocols are changing. So Brian and I absolutely encourage you, once you've picked a destination to go to, go to that destination's official tourism website, which you can actually find by just putting in the name of the destination and tourism website to make sure you get the right one and just check out all um, the regulations because they're changing by the minute, it seems. Right, Ryan? They are changing by the minute. That is uh, the that is what we that's why we update you as as Every, every podcast, uh, basically, uh, one of our friends, a PR person I was talking with just before we taped today uh, was telling me, I appreciate your updates because uh, keep them coming because we keep needing them. She's in travel and she says, you know, they, 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 there's confusion. There is there's not always clear, you know, thought about what uh, what's out there. So always, always, always check 
I'm going to St. Kitts next week. I'll be checking myself. So uh, just to you better. Just be sure, you better believe it. So uh, yeah, we we actually also have some um, some uh, uh, some bragging to do. Some good popular uh, developments uh, for Puerto Rico's tourism industry. Uh, Puerto Rico actually set new records for visitor arrivals in 2021. Can you believe that? Uh, coming out of the pandemic, uh, Aerostar Airport Holdings reported that in 2021. 4.84 million passengers arrived at Luis Muñoz Marin International Airport. That figure is 2.6% higher than 2019. And 2019 was the year with the most passengers Puerto Rico has ever experienced in the past decade. So it outdid 2019, which is incredible coming out of the pandemic. Uh, but it's, it's really also a reflection nice. of the wanderlust that's out there. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I want to add that Discover Puerto Rico, the destination marketing uh, agency for the destination, notes that through September of 2021, 62.3% of arrivals were visitors rather than residents. That's up from 59% of arrivals in 2019. Data firm Arrivalist reported Puerto Rico visitors stayed for an average of 4.6 days in 2021, and that's a 5% increase over 2019. And finally, while Omicron has impacted arrivals in early 2022, Discover Puerto Rico officials said the data does suggest the variant's impact has waned based on the island's recent hotel occupancy rate. Alicia Valentine, who's director of research and analysis, said occupancy began showing signs of a bounce back during the week of January 16th. Also, research firm Destination Analysts reports in its travel sentiment index on January 16th, that 20, that 86%, 86% of US consumers expect to take a trip this year. That sounds very optimistic, but it sounds good. So, <laughs> so um, yeah. we are seeing uh, wanderlust and those, 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 um, those statistics uh, indicate that. People really want to get out there, right? We've all been starved of travel. Um, and, you know, just, I think, really appreciating it so much more. And, and now that we're in year th- calendar year three of the pandemic, I think the general feeling is we're never going back to normal. So we have to find a way to live with this. So how can we travel as safely as possible? Excellent right? point, Sarah. Well, so I think that's what we're, yeah. what we're all doing. Um, and, of course, you know, certainly for the Caribbean, it's a good thing as um, – People come back to the Caribbean. Tourism is the lifeblood of the Caribbean. And people, the, one of the, I think the sector that has suffered most, actually, but has the most to gain is a small hotel section, sector because, you know, they don't have the big marketing budgets that all the big brands do. But at the same time, I think that's for small hotels, it's their time to shine because now people want personal, intimate experiences. They don't want to be in places crowded with hundreds of people. So I think that off the beaten path destinations, lesser known destinations, say, for example, Grenada, which I'm going to talk about in a second, and smaller hotels can really seize this moment. And so I was very interested to find out just today, actually. Yeah, I was just to find out, interested to find out just today, actually, that over in Grenada, their tourism authority has launched a new program to promote the three island nations, small, independently hotel, independently owned hotels. 
If you book one of 16 affordable hotels or villas on Grenada and its sister islands of Cariacou or Petite Martinique through the new Simple Stays incentive, you can get discounts of up to 50% on activities such as river tubing, hiking and diving with select tour operators. Currently, there are 16 hotels in the Simple Stays program. They include the Townhouse and John's Unique Resort. I love that name on Cariacou. Awesome. Melody's Guest, right? That's cute. <laughs> Melody's Guest House on Petite Martinique and Grenada's Mount Edgecombe and Sea Breeze Hotels, among others. You can get more information about the program by going to simplestays.puregrenada.com. I think it's great. And I know our friend Petra Roach, who was in Barbados and is now the new tourism director there. I'm sure she has championed this idea of really trying to help the smaller hotels, the boutique properties that don't have the resources of bigger brands to that have taken a harder knock probably than the bigger brands and really trying to put them in front of travelers and make them attractive to travelers as they visit the islands, you know? No question about it. And, uh, you know, I, you know, I, I want to say that I think I remember John's unique resort because Sarah and I actually visited Cariacou at the same time a few years back we did. on our trip. And we went, we went around Cariacou and I, I want to say, I remember John's unique resort. But it's a great is, uh, name. John's I'm, unique resort. I mean, you don't really forget I mean, it, right? You know, you want to see, you want to see it at least. <laughs> so, uh, you know, when it's got that kind of name and, um, Sarah's points are well taken because uh, it's the smaller islands that are that are it's a great this terrible uh, uh, dilemma we've we've lived through is actually uh, produce some thankfully some positives and for small hotels it is a time for them to highlight what they have and the exclusive exclusivity of villa based uh, uh, accommodations smaller destinations in the Caribbean this is their time to shine and uh, I want to talk a bit about one. Uh, which is Nevis, uh, and you'll hear about this uh, a bit. Uh, Nevis is ideal for vacationers who prefer lesser explored islands with stunning natural landscapes, uh, a mix of African, Caribbean, and European cultures, intriguing historic sites, and top shelf resorts. And there's a new tour company on Nevis, Nevis Sun Tours, which provides all-inclusive vacation packages that highlight both Nevis and its larger sister island, St. Kitts. The company also arranges restaurant and resort bookings on both islands. Now, it's owned by Greg Phillip. He's a former CEO of the Nevis Tourism Authority and a Nevis and a native of Nevis. And I think you've you've actually done a yes. marathon with Greg, right? <laughs> I have, not yeah. a marathon, but okay, um, okay. Greg is a runner and a triathlete. And I was there for the Nevis uh, running festival just okay. before the pandemic, actually. And that was really a lot of fun. And uh, Nevis, as many of you may know, is a very mountainous island with a volcano in the middle. And so running here in Miami, which is what I usually do, and running in Nevis was quite a different thing, <laughs> but, but enjoyable. And uh, Greg made sure I made it to the finish. So it was Don't all let good. Sarah fool you. She is a trooper. She, when she takes on a challenge, she, you know, she does it. It's not, you know, she doesn't halfway anything. So, you know, so Greg is a great friend of both of us, as you can tell. And he says he's found a way to create a all-inclusive vacation experience on an island that really doesn't have any all-inclusive resorts. And that's because Nevis Sun Tours has agreements with all of the top resorts on the island, including uh, in the two territories, including the Park Hyatt St. Kitts, the Four Seasons Nevis, Montpelier Plantation and Beach, and Paradise Beach. Uh, the company operates as a tour operator, so travel agents can arrive at the resort, travelers can arrive at their resort, pay for accommodations, 
select their tours and restaurants and activities and booking and book it all and pay for it all at once. So although these are EP hotels, these are individual traveler hotels that do not have uh, all-inclusive plans, but Nevis Sun Tours enables you to have that format when you're in Nevis. So you really don't have to worry about anything. If you prefer a customized tour, they can do that. If you prefer one of their preset tours, they can do that as well. And they focus on adventure, historic, and village themes. And there are opportunities to interact with people from Nevis in Nevisian So important, so important to get to know the people where you go. <laughs> it is, you know, it is more rewarding than... You know, and, and a more and a more immersive uh, experience in the in the destination than you could than you could ever describe. So it's really something special, and that this company offers that uh, Nevis Sun Tours. And Greg has also attracted to his company some top talent from around the Caribbean. One of his uh, executives is Susan Liebert, who spent 15 years of her 27 year tenure at the Four Seasons Nevis as reservations manager. She's now in the same role for Nevis Sun Tours. Yvette Jackman is a longtime former Nevis Tourism Authority marketing manager who coordinates all of the ground activities, and she's also the liaison for the travel advisor community. She ensures that travel advisors and their clients have a representative on the ground. So this is important. If anything goes wrong, if anything happens there, she will go to the hotel. She'll go meet with their clients. She'll go talk to them, take care of any problems they may have, any, any things they may want or need. You have a one-stop shop in this uh in this provider so nevis sun tours nevis sun tours.com uh on the web they are the newest uh provider uh offering tours in nevis and i think that's that's going to be great i think it's a genius idea of greg's i have to say because as you mentioned there are no all-inclusive resorts on nevis and uh, and honestly it's not that it's lacking in any way it doesn't take away from the experience because of course when you're in nevis you want to get around you want to go to different hotels you want to have you know, if you want to try and find the best rum punch, is it at Montpellier? Is it at, you know, Four Seasons, blah, blah, blah. So it's a really great, I think, that he has been able to put this program together that allows you to sample all the different facets of Nevis, but still have the convenience of paying for it in one go. I think there that's you go. genius. In one go, yeah, I couldn't agree more. It's a, it's a, it's a great idea. And uh, much so, you know, I'm sure Greg will be very successful. Yeah, I'm sure he will, too. Well, for Island Intel on this week's episode, we have a very, very special guest. Her name is Melinda Hassel, and she is a director of tourism for the island of Seba. Melinda, welcome. We're thrilled to have you. Yes, wonderful. Thank you for the opportunity, um, and thank you once again for this for this wonderful time here. I know that a lot of people perhaps don't know anything about Seba, but having been now twice, including last week, um, I can say a few things to introduce Seba, which is that it is a five square mile, square mile island, just 13 minutes flight from St. Martin, with a population of between 18 and 1900 people. Is that correct, Melinda? Correct. You're like a Seba ambassador. Very good. Ah, there you go. <laughs> See, Brian is a Nevis ambassador, but I'm going to be a Seba ambassador. <laughs> See? Very good. But as usual, uh, let's get to all the stuff that people want to know. Because first thing is, so tell me, Melinda, if someone is coming to Seba to the unspoiled queen of the Caribbean, what are the entry requirements? Well, thank you. Um, yes, for SABA right now, the entry requirements at this moment is that you can enter with a PCR test within 72 hours. 
of arrival or with a rapid antigen test within 48 hours of arrival. You have to fill out an electronic entry form, uh, which is on our website, and you have to do the one for St. Martin. So those are the requirements um, at this moment. Um, also, uh, yes, sorry, I'm just going to interject yeah. just in case our, our listeners don't know. Right now, you can't fly direct into Sabre. Um, no, you cannot to say, fly direct right? into Seba. So as you as you mentioned, Seba's five square miles. Where our main hub is Saint Martin. So you would fly into any international flight that goes into Saint Martin. You can go there, and then from there you hop over with Winair to to Seba. So you can take a flight, which is uh, like a short flight, thirteen minutes, or you can come by a ferry, which we have the Macana ferry services, or you have the Edge ferry. So both can both surface um, Seba from St. Martin. And then so, for the entry- so either way, whichever way you're coming, you're going to have to fill in entry requirements for both exactly. Seba and St. Martin. Got exactly. It. Either way, um, these are the entry requirements. This applies also for day trippers. Um, so that is the current requirements. Also, if you are coming and staying more than a day, so you're not a day tripper, you're coming more for a day, then we have a special entry uh, measures, which is then you test on day two and day five, that's free of charge. Um, You go to the testing center and it's just a precaution that the island takes. So if you're less than five days, you take at least day two tests. And if you're more than five days, you take day two and day five tests. And that's free of charge. That's a rapid antigen test that you will do. Sounds very sensible. Yes. And and as of um, February 18th, uh, we will have an update to our measures, which is that unvaccinated um, persons will no longer require to have a five-day quarantine time, which is something that applies at this moment, which as of Friday, that will not be the case. Day trippers will not need any sort of testing. So that will also help our day trip market to build it back up. Mm. And uh, other uh, requirements will stay the same, um, either PCR or antigen. And that will apply for from any country or island that you're coming from. So it's we don't break it down anymore from high and low risk destinations. It's just across the board. Yes. Okay. Got it. Melinda, is this a response to the Omicron variant? Because uh, my next question really was going to be about what the what your uh, you know your um, any changes in protocol you know uh, related to that. Yes, it is. Um, yes, it, it is related to that um, because we saw it also on the island that we did have a, a small outbreak in the beginning uh, on the yeah in December and beginning of the year. But now um, we're quite normal back. It's nothing um, out of hand here. So, but this was in response to it. Yes, and now that we've seen that, you know, it's stabilizing um, measures across other destinations are also lowering. So we want to make it also more appealing for tourists to, to visit the island. It is reflective of a uh, loosening and, and a kind of, well, I was, shouldn't, wouldn't say loosen. I shouldn't say loosening. I should say an easing of some of the restrictions across the destination. Uh, and it's a great opportunity to visit uh, these islands. If you've been in the Caribbean before and you visited some of the, the larger islands, this is an opportunity yeah. now to visit some of the islands that, as Melinda was asking me, have I have have you heard of Seba? I've certainly heard of Seba. I haven't been there like Sarah. She's got the advantage on me, folks. She's ahead of me. She's two up on me. So, um, you know, it, it's it's going to be a you know a great thing to have a say e- easier a, a greater ease to uh, to visit Saba. Exactly. Well, well, Brian, I tell you, Brian, everybody wants to go to Saba, but only two hundred and forty eight people can go. 
Because if I'm correct, Melinda told me when I was in Sabre last week that there are actually only 124 rooms on the entire island, right? Exactly. Yes. So it's very select. You know, you almost have to be invited. You have to speak nicely to Melinda to get to go. Um, But given that you only have, (laughs) given that you only have 124 rooms, talk to me a bit about how visitor arrivals were looking before the Omicron surge, and if at all, how the Omicron surge affected your forecast. Yes, of course. So in May 2021 was when we opened up our borders. Uh, The borders were closed for Sable last year. And yeah, it opened. So So that was a long time because most most islands were open in 2020. So in May we opened and then it had to start gradually building up. Um, Yeah, I mean, and then December, of course, we started seeing cancellations, postponing uh, flights. We had canceled. Uh, we, We get sometimes luxury cruise lines and yachts. The island, those also had to postpone because they couldn't meet the requirements of PCR tests. And um, yeah, so it did affect us. It did affect our forecast. We, everything was going, it was picking back up and it came back mm-hmm. down. Um, but yeah, it did. Um, and right now, as you said, we only have 124 rooms in our inventory. We're looking forward to having a new property opening up soon. Some places are renovating to get some more rooms back on the, on, on the island. But right now, as I speak, everything is full and continues to be full. Wow. So it's, um, yeah, it's a, we, have a, we have a supply and demand out of balance, which is something unique, which is we have demand, but we don't have the supply. So Right, right. But, you know, it's then Sabre is exclusive, right? You know, you it's just, exclusive. It's all yeah. how you spin it. Yeah, yeah. So that's why we look and tapping into the day, day trip market, which is a, a great yes. opportunity for people to come over a day, explore, hike, visit the island. And yeah, you, you, you don't break your vacation that you plan probably in St. Martin or in Anguilla or any other destination around. Yeah. Gotcha. Again, another great option when you're in the Caribbean. Now you can, even if you're in St. Martin, do a day trip to Sabre because, but because it's so exclusive, you might not be able to, you know, stay. So, <laughs> stay so go for a day. <laughs> and visit the you got to book early. <laughs> <laughs> um, exclusivity is a great thing. It is. And um, when we talk about yeah. um, the, the changes in the protocols, uh, Melinda, how about vaccination? Uh, what's the status of vaccination in, on Sabre? Yeah, so right now, um, what we have is about 90% of the eligible population has has been vaccinated. Um, we just started also the vaccination with the kids from 5 to 11. Outstanding. Um, yeah, so from the eligible um, persons that could have yet gotten the 1 and 2 vaccine, that's been very high. Um, and then for those that have boosted, the 60 plus group has all been boosted, you can say. Yeah, so what is the about 90% of, of Sabre? I'm- about 1,900. Yeah. So you probably have one of the highest vaccination rates in the Caribbean, right? You must do. Yeah. So most people are, yeah, the community is highly vaccinated here. So that has also helped why the island, you know, didn't have to go in such strict measures every time, you know, the community, yeah, had that herd immunity a little bit. So that that helped a lot to, to mitigate, you know, the situation and the protocols and the requirements. Yeah. Right. And with such a small population, I'm interested to know um, how Sabre has, as other islands have tried to, balance um, the goals of protecting public health mm-hmm. of your 1900 citizens with also yeah. ensuring that tourism continued. How did you how did you balance that? 
Yeah, well, here in Sabre, we have an outbreak management team. On that team, also, you know, the hospitality sector, tourism hospitality sector is represented in that group. Mm-hmm. So it was most of the times, um, you know, having great conversations and flexibility and seeing, you know, what worked and what cannot work. Um, and most of the times, the hospitality sector was conscious of the situation and flexible. So that has throughout the time worked. Um, we knew when, you know, stricter measures had to take place because we had to protect the health of our public, of our community and public health then comes before sometimes our economy and our tourism sector. Right. So it's always that balance and trying to, to, you know, speak on behalf of the hospitality partners and sector and then see how we can, can reach each other, that it works for both of us. Yeah. That's great. Essential. When you talk about Saber, which I've not visited, Sarah knows some of these things. Um, Brian, I'm getting the impression that you're just a teeny bit jealous. I'm very jealous. Yes, I'm very. (laughs) I I have to admit, I am very jealous. I've been to a lot of the Caribbean, and Melinda asked. I've mentioned Melinda asked if I had heard of Saber. Yes, I've heard. Many of my colleagues mentioned Saber, and they're like, "Have you been to Saber?" I'm like, "No, I haven't. Not yet." So, yeah, I'll get there. But you gotta both you soon then, right? <laughs> what am I missing, Melinda? Tell me about the the attractions and the tours and, and events open to visitors, and you know what what may be available now versus uh, previously, or or anything new you you think is worth exploring while you're while while you're on Saber. Well, right now the island's completely open. All our activities and yeah, everything is open right now. I think it starts with the experience starts with the landing. That's for sure. You know, landing on the shortest commercial runway is already an experience. Oh, I have um, So that's uh, your first attraction as you land. We even have a souvenir that says I survived Sable Landing because it's a, it's a great <laughs> attraction. A short runway. But yeah, short runway. Um, <laughs> it's, it's great. If you don't like short runways, like I said, you can come with the ferry. Um, yeah. We have four, yeah, picturesque villages. All our houses and cottages are all painted the same, white, uh, red roof and green shutters. So it's, it's, it's what makes it charming. We have restaurants with different, uh, yeah, offerings and, and dishes. Um, we even have one in the rainforest that you could go and have a nice cocktail. Um, so yes, that I can vouch unique. for that one. Yeah, our trails. Yeah, our trails are, um, you know, being in the Caribbean, a lot of people think, you know, white sandy beaches and palm trees. Well, for Seba, it means the cloud forest. As you can see, it's covered there in in my picture. Uh, But that's something unique that people want to come and they want to hike Mount Scenery, which is our highest peak, and also the highest one in the Dutch Kingdom. So, and it's also known that it's always covered with some mist and fog. So, so you come into five ecosystems on the island, which you go from very desert-like uh, temperatures up to a, a cloud forest. So it's um, different vegetations, different ecosystems. So and for such a small island, that makes it very unique. Um, besides that, our diving, um, a lot of dive groups come to the island. It's one of our most popular um, target groups right now, which is dive divers that come here. We have deep diving. People that like to see sharks would come to Seba. We have the Seba Bank, which is um, popular for Seba lobster. So yeah, fishing and lobster is something you'll always get fresh on the island on the dishes mm-hmm. too. <laughs> but definitely our trails, you can get uh, different trails. You can get it with a guided hiking tour. Our heritage, we do the Sable Lace, which is ladies that continue to sew and, and to keep up that tradition of Sable Lace. Uh, and we have the Sable Spice, which is our like spice rum. 
which is produced oh, on paper. So good. Right. So good. <laughs> I would like some drizzled over ice cream. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so our Seva spice and yeah. So, so that a little bit in a nutshell, but right now everything is open. You can come to Seba and just explore it. It's a, everything we don't have restrictions right now we, we went down to level one as a destination so yeah so mask wearing is also yeah something we 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 inform that you should do um, when you go into indoor you know public spaces sometimes you should um yeah you should maintain that but overall for the rest um you can explore the island and yeah i mean you can rent a car. You can have a guided a tour with a wonderful. Oh my gosh! Drivers. Wait, hold on. Let me just interject here. <laughs> Renting a car on Sable <laughs> is not for the faint of heart, because the roads are very narrow, very windy, and really steep. I'm not yeah. sure if Melinda mentioned that. Basically, the island is just a tip of an underwater volcano, so it goes mm-hmm. straight up. Yeah. And I originally thought that maybe me or the other journalists that I went to might want to drive. And then when we got there, we realized, oh, no, no, no. We leave that to the Sabre professionals. So I would say, Melinda's being very kind when she says, yes, you could rent a car. Yes, you technically yeah. could rent a car. Would you, you want to? <laughs> I'm not sure, Melinda. <laughs> Maybe leave the driving to the pros. Yeah, you can leave the driving to the pros like that. Yes, mm-hmm. that too. Yes. Or, but, if you're, uh, or if you're motivated by such adventure, rent the car. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. we have your adventurous side, yes. Caribbean environments. This this is what Saba sounds like because Sarah and I are always talking about every Caribbean island is different, really, and has its own yeah. attractions. And when you can go from the desert-like experience to the cloud force, which I've been in cloud force in other locations, yeah. it is a special, special place with great vegetation and, and just an environment everybody should experience something different. So um Sounds great. Yeah, and I think many times you're sitting in St. Martin, probably at your resort, you see this island and the horizon. You really think, you know, what what is that island out there? That low mountain right. sticking out there. And yeah, it's a really, I would invite everyone, come enjoy it. Even if it's for a day, you know, you'll enjoy it. You'll have something to do. If, if you're adventurous or you want to hike or you just want to come and relax and walk around our villages and yeah, just it, yeah, but only 248 in. people at a time. 248 at a time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, Sarah should have the last word. She has been to Seba recently, as you know. Yes, so, I have been so. twice, and I can echo everything that Melinda says. There's no hype there. It really is a very special, very unique place. And living proof that, as Brian and I were saying, you know, all the Caribbean islands are different, different personalities, different topography, different food, different culture. And you really see it in Sable, which really is, is like none other. So I hope that you get to, if you're listening to this, I hope that you are one of the 248 people that the island can, can accommodate <laughs> and that you'll decide yeah. to go. We're going to make Brian go first. <laughs> and then after yeah, right. Brian goes, wait for me. Wait for me to go for it. No, right? Don't right, wait right. But yeah, I'm first, Brian. <laughs> we thank you so much for joining us. This has been a really great conversation. And I think that all our listeners would have learned something about an island that maybe many of them hadn't even heard of. So thank you, thank you, thank you very much for being with us today. We really enjoyed it. Thank you. thank you for the opportunity. And I look forward to, to welcoming yeah, the listeners to the, to the beautiful island, the Oswald Queen of the Caribbean. And for more information, just go to sabertourism.com. You'll get all the, the, the insights of 
how to get here. Sounds good. Awesome. Yes. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you for the time. Have a great afternoon. <laughs> Bye. Thank you, everybody. So now you, you know me, I'm a shopper. I like to think of myself as a black belt shopper. Yeah. So I'm always on the lookout for shop opportunities in the Caribbean when I travel. <laughs> and I found a new one I wanted to share with you. You don't even have to go to the Caribbean to do it, but it is Caribbean related. So Cayman's Department of Tourism has teamed up with a luxury leather retailer called Laudi Vidney. By the way, Laudi Vidney is individual mm. spelt backwards. And cut into two words, but they have they have teamed up with this um, Chicago-based company to produce a launch, a, sorry, a unique line of leather goods that are inspired by the destination and the colors of the three island destination. So Laudi Vidney makes a collection of bags, clutches, and pouches, and they are all available in four colors. The first one is a red orange, which is my favorite. It's called Alluring Cayman. Then there's Captivating Cayman, which is a caramel tealish color. Not me at all, but if you like neutrals, it's for you. And there's a teal called Enchanting Cayman. And then there's Mystical Cayman, which is a deep plum. I was really impressed. I went on the rest on the website. I was really impressed. There are probably about 20 different items for men and women. So wallets, pouches, oh. clutches, bucket bags. And you can choose whichever of the four colorways uh, that you like. So you can take a little piece of Cayman home with you or bring it to you. I think it's a great idea. So um, go to laudividni.com, L-A-U-D-I-V-I-D-N-I. And then you can see the whole shebang right there. There you go. And uh, I have to admit, I saw, you know, I saw news of this uh, uh, during the uh, uh, briefing uh, recently that Sarah and I both uh, attended. And I thought of Sarah right away because uh, it's colorful and tasteful and looks pretty good. And, uh, you know, and I thought of uh, our presenter there, our friend Rosa Harris, who also is a, who's an artist. She, she, she sometimes puts her paintings on Facebook and she's quite a good painter and a lady of great taste. So, I mean, you know, it kind of goes together with the, uh, with the, and as Sarah can tell you, you know, I, uh, Sarah's proud to say that uh, when we travel together, I'm a pretty good shopper myself. You know, I, oh, yes. I, Believe I it, ladies and gentlemen. Brian, <laughs> Brian's a good shopper. He's, and he's a very stylish guy. This is one of those things that's lost on a podcast. But if we were doing a video or a show, you would be able to see he's a pretty stylish guy. And today he's wearing my favorite color, yellow. So well done, B. I'm wearing a yellow shirt thinking of uh, our... Our wonderful association. So, um, yes. Uh, now, I want to um, get to our final item or, or my final item uh, and just mention that I have the extreme honor to have been named a Nevis Tourism Ambassador for 2022 by the Nevis Tourism Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Michael. You've heard me refer a little bit to this probably in our previous podcast and allude to this, but I was selected. Uh, to represent the wonderful uh, uh, smaller sister island of the dual island federation of St. Kitts and Nevis. And, you know, just kind of tell the story of what makes it so wonderful to Sarah and I have talked many times about the magical quality of this island. And it really does have a quality that is special and all its own. Again, broken record. It, there's something different in every Caribbean island. Nevis is just that as well. So small with so much going on and so much culture, history, and natural wonder. And uh, so I'm honored to be uh, selected with a group of definitely more prominent and more attractive company uh, that includes Melanie I'm not Melanie sure about that. Brown. <laughs> well, I know Melanie Melby Brown is uh, also known as Scary Spice of the Spice Girls. 
Spice Girls. Everyone, I'm sure who's hearing this podcast has heard of her. Her group sold 85 million records. And um, she is an international icon. Uh, the group also includes Nakiva Stapleton, who is an actress, dancer, model, and Neva citizen, and she resides in Los Angeles. She's currently an ensemble member of Hulu's sketch comedy, Sherman's Showcase, and she's had roles on BET's American Soul and Spike Lee's Black Klansman, which is a very good movie, by the way. I've seen that. Yeah. The third ambassador is Ava Roxanne Stritt, a former corp- corporate financial analyst who is today a leading expert on spa and luxury travel. And she is followed by hundreds of thousands of people <laughs> uh, based on her social media, like all of our, uh, all of this group. And uh, it's a terrific group of, of wonderfully accomplished people. I'm just honored to be, to be associated with these people and uh, to be a Nevis Tourism Ambassador this year. Let me tell you how thrilled, let me tell you, Brian, I'm absolutely thrilled for you. I know that um, not only are you honored, but this, this, this is something that is close to your heart. Um, I know that your grandmother emigrated to the U.S. from St. Kitts and Nevis back in the 1920s. So this whole thing is not just an honor, but has special meaning for you. And I know that you're going to do well um, in promoting that beautiful and magical, truly magical island. So well done. Congratulations, B. Thank you, my friend. Thank you very much. Appreciate it very much. And thank you, Nevis Tourism Authority and Premier Mark Brantley, another friend of ours. You know, and on that happy note, we are going to sign off for episode, if you can believe it, episode 20 wow. of the uh, Complete Comeback Caribbean podcast. But I will say what I always say, which is thank you very much from Brian and I for listening in. We know you, there's a ton of podcasts you could listen to, and we're happy that you spend some time with us. Uh, if you like our podcast, Please give us a thumbs up. And more than that, will you share us, please, with your friends and anybody who wants a little bit of Caribbean in their life? Because as our as our um, big marketing board tells us, life needs the Caribbean. And that is very, very true now more than ever. Now more than ever, life needs the Caribbean. So thank you for being with us, as Sarah said. And we'll see you soon on episode 21. <laughs> Take care, everybody. See you guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.